Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Nathan pulls the duvet over his head to show the dumbass noise of the birds outside his window. How can anything be so happy at this hour of the morning? He's been grounded. Again. He turns on his phone, scrolls through the latest Facebook posts, laughs at some, likes a few. He reaches out from under the duvet, grabs his iPod, pushes the earphones in, and drifts off to the sound of the Foo Fighters. He wakes up to heavy metal in his ears, and his mother pulling the duvet off his head, mouthing something. He pulls an earphone out. Hey, up, she says. Your grandfather will be here soon. Do I have to go? Yes, you do. You're not staying here during the holidays again, getting up to God knows what while I'm at work. He feels the duvet being whisked away. Ah, friggin' hell. Come on. Get yourself looking respectable, and watch your language. Otherwise your grandfather might change his mind about taking you. Hope so. Haven't seen him for, what, five years? Staying at his place will be boring as. We've got nothing in common. Actually, you do. Your dad? Nathan tries to work out how many years ago two policemen came knocking on their door in the middle of their night. I'm sorry, Mrs. Paku. There's been an accident. Life has sucked ever since. He's your grandfather, Nathan. He's only trying to help. How does he know what happened anyway? I told them about you hooning around in my car and writing it off. I'm working my fingers to the bone paying for the damage you've done. You'll go to your grandfather's these holidays whether you like it or not. Dumb as. Nathan pokes the earphones back in his ears and crawls out of bed. He walks down the hallway to the bathroom, takes a leak, turns the shower on, and stares at himself in the mirror. Dark brown eyes like his father, light brown hair like his mother, pimples where his beard should be. Bumfluff, his older brother Dylan called it last time he came home from uni. He squeezes a few pimples, pulls the earphones out, throws his boxes and muddy socks in a pile on the floor, and hops into the shower. Nathan walks into the kitchen afterwards to see his grandfather sitting at the kitchen table and his mother pouring cups of tea. Kia son, the old man says, shaking his head so he can't believe what he's seeing. Spitting image of your father. His grandfather's hair used to be black. Now it's white as, and his eyes are the same colour as Nathan's but set inside a bunch of wrinkles. Yeah, g'day, Nathan says, and pokes the earphones back into his ears. His grandfather stands up, holds his hand out, and at the same time leans into press noses 
but Nathan goes all stiff and pulls away. He watches his mother and grandfather talking, a Foo Fighters guitar solo playing in his ears. The thought of spending a week with this old dude sucks. Could he pretend he was sick? Go to bed when he got there and sleep for a week? He eats three bits of toast, drinks two glasses of milk, then leaves his mother and grandfather talking in the kitchen to go and pack his gear. What to take? Jeans, socks, hoodies, the squashed pack of smokes hidden under his mattress, a lighter, boxes, his phone. Might find reception on a hill somewhere. What about beer? Hopefully the old boy's got a few in the fridge. He remembers calling his grandfather Koro once, but that was ages ago, and Koro sounds dumb as now. He decides not to call him anything if he can get away with it. Behave, Nathan, his mother says, waving them goodbye. This is your last chance. The tray of his grandfather's ute is loaded with fishing gear and some kind of net with steel hoops, and the cab is full of tools, newspapers, and empty drink bottles. Nathan throws his backpack onto the back seat and climbs in the front. His grandfather points to the earphones and Nathan pulls them out, holding them in mid-air, ready to slip them back in. Thought we'd the eel net, the hinaki tonight. Been eeling before, son? Ages ago. With Dad. Went gaffing once. Nathan pushes the earphones back in and they don't talk again until they pull into their grandfather's driveway. He remembers the house. Big as and old, surrounded by a massive veranda stacked with wooden chairs and sofas with the stuffing coming out. Chooks are pecking holes in the front lawn. Two cows stare at him over the fence. Shit, a whole week of this. Inside, Nathan's gaze flits around the room. A silver-framed photo of Dylan, Nathan, and their father sits on the mantelpiece. Nathan looks about ten. Dylan, 13, both holding a crayfish and smiling at the camera like dickheads. He remembers now, his father had taken them diving two weeks before the accident. Make yourself at home, his grandfather says, showing Nathan into a bedroom with a single bed covered in a patchwork quilt, Jimi Hendrix posters on the wall, and a tall boy in one corner. Used to be your father's room. You might like to change into something more suitable to set the hinaki. Nathan turns on his phone. Like he thought, no friggin' reception. He lies down on the bed and closes his eyes. You gonna change? His grandfather is back, standing in the doorway. Nah, Nathan says. I'm all good. The old man looks at Nathan's hoodie, his low-slung jeans and pumas, and shakes his head. Can you take that scrap bowl out to the chooks before we go? What do I do with it? Nathan asks. Just throw it into the chook pen. They'll soon come running. Nathan reaches into his pocket, feels around for his smokes and lighter. He goes outside, finds the chook pen, and sees the chooks poking around beside it. He opens the netting door and throws the scraps inside. The chooks come running from all directions, heads bobbing like idiots. Freaky as. Nathan lights up a smoke and watches them for a while puffing away. He checks his phone. Still no reception. He stubs the smoke out and goes back inside. Any eggs? 
his grandfather asks. Dunno. Was I supposed to check? But we'll look later on when we get back. They back out the drive and head even further out into the wops. Know much about eels, son? Nah, Nathan says. Then he remembers. He'd swum with his cousins in a crystal clear river pool somewhere around here. His father had taken them back that night with a torch and the water was full of slithering black eels. Fish of the night, his grandfather says. Mysterious creatures. They pull up in front of a farm gate. Open the gate, son, and uh, don't forget to close it again. Nathan hops out of the car, pushes his earphones back in. He fiddles with the gate, trying to figure out how to undo the latch and which way to swing it. By the third gate, he has it sussed. They pull up alongside a wide stream. Across the other side is a deep-looking, dark green pool. It looks like the same pool he'd swum in with his cousins. He watches his grandfather tie a cloth bag of bait inside one end of the net, then strip down to his underwear and wade across the stream. Nathan shivers just watching him. The old man drops the hinaki into the pool, then pushes a stake through one end of the net and into the stream bed. Pass me that rock, he says, pointing towards Nathan's feet. Nathan takes off his shoes and tries to roll his jeans up, but he can't. In the end, he stuffs his iPod into a pocket and takes his jeans off altogether. He picks up the rock and wades into the freezing water, his bare legs stinging with the cold. He hands the rock to his grandfather and watches him use it to hammer the stake into place. Back at the ute, his grandfather hands him a towel and a spear swan dry. They dry themselves off, then drive across the paddock towards the road. Nathan pulls his iPod out of his jeans pocket, untangles the earphone cord. You'll go deaf, mate, listening to that thing all the time. Nathan pulls the swan dry hood up over his head and wonders what his mates are doing. During the night, he wakes a couple of times to rain drumming on the roof. He drifts off, but wakes again, bursting for a leak. He goes to the toilet, sees a light on in the kitchen. We'll have to bring the hinaki in, son. Might get washed away in all this rain, he says. But first, come outside. I want to show you something. The rain has stopped. The sky is pitch black and full of stars. Nathan remembers his dad pointing the stars out to him and Dylan years ago when they went camping. That one there is Sirius. And over there, Totoro. Orion's belt. The old man traces his finger across the sky. And that's Matariki. There, see? Nathan looks up and sees a group of misty stars. They stand together looking up at the night sky. The silence is freaky. Back home, nighttime is never this silent. They drive back towards the stream in the ute. Nathan has forgotten his iPod, but it doesn't matter because his grandfather is telling him stuff about eels. Only ever take what you need, he says. Best to let the big ones go. Some of those tuna would be as old as me. Older, in fact. And if they've lived that long, they deserve to be set free. 
The sky lightens as they drive towards the farm. When they reach the stream, the floats of the hinaki have been pulled below the surface, and the stream looks much wider and deeper than before. His grandfather strips off and wades in. He feels around for the stake and hauls at the rope attached to the net, but it won't budge. He wades further in, but then loses his footing and sinks below the water. He surfaces, tries to grab an overhang branch, but it snaps in his hand. Koro! Nathan yells. Hang on! He yanks off his swan dry and pumas, then his jeans. The water is icy cold, but he dives in and swims towards the pool. He reaches out, grabs hold of his grandfather's arm. I'm here, he says. It's all right, as Koro says. Just slipped. I'll be okay. The old man manages to drag the hinaki towards the shallows. At the bottom of the net is an eel. Huge, at least a metre and a half long. It swims backwards, trying to escape. I think we'll let this one go, son. What do you reckon? Yeah, all good. They watch it slip back into the water and disappear. Afterwards, they load the net onto the back of the ute, change into dry clothes, and drive home. Nathan has a hot shower while the old man puts the kettle on and whips up a pan of scrambled eggs. While they sit sipping their cups of tea and eating breakfast, the phone rings. It's for you, as Koto says. Mum, we've been out healing, Nathan says. Remember that deep-ass pool Dad took us to once? There. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.